I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Okay, so this isn't really for a show. I guess maybe core. I just had to say, Scott, your idea of an auto chess uh, Super Smash Brothers, that's all I want in the world now. Uh, I, my hair is standing on end. I, that, that's all I want. I'm not going to be able to sleep. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Core. I'm not going to be sleep either until I get my auto chess Nintendo character edition. So thank you, dear caller, for that. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're here to talk about video games. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz, John Jagger, and that's all. It's just the three of us. I was going to go on, but I'm not now. Uh, welcome to the show. We don't have um, uh, games after the show with our friends, the Fergusons. We're, instead, we're going to have games with just the three of us. Uh, we can make it if we try, just the three of us. That's how that song goes, right? Do I have it right, John? Come on, help me out. No, that's it. You completely nailed it. Just You're the a three of us. Oh, it's two yeah. of us. Well, we're, today I it's three. It's two. Yeah, yeah. Today it's no, three. No, but we're making we're we're freeforming here. That's Look, true. It's not about the lyrics. It's about your interpretation of the lyrics. That's what if I've been trying to say. If you heard that there were three of us, then Scott, we can be three. I've been saying that for years. I'm happy to hear that it, finally it's come true. Uh, we're gonna play. Uh, I think we're gonna play some uh, some uh, uh, what's it called? Rocket League today. Like the old days, like the old Experience Points weekends. We're going to get in there. John and I will have controllers. Bo's going to play with a keyboard and mouse. It'll be hilarious. No? i got to install it. Oh, yeah, you probably... I I also didn't (laughs) install it, which I'll do after the show so as to not impact the quality of this program. (laughs) What? What what did you... Uh, What? John. He's already installing... I shouldn't do that. I'm not actually installing it right now. I'm wasting valuable quality time. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. Save it. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do it after. It won't, yeah, it won't take we'll, long. We'll it's have a nice break. Awesome. We want to We want to get in there and play Rocket League before uh, Epic Fs it up. Just kidding. I'm sure it'll be fine after they buy it. Uh, but we want to play that. It's been a while. So we're going to do that tonight. Very excited about it. But we got a show to do first. We've got things to talk about. And uh, I am happy to report that I picked up a copy of Mario Maker 2 for the Nintendo Switch. 
And you might uh, say... I see you're making some Marios there. Yeah, I should say Super Mario Maker, right? It has Super on it? Let's see. The box is right here. It's, uh, uh, yeah, Super Mario Maker 2. And you might say to yourself, oh, wow, look at it with the green... You guys can't see this, but the green screen's all left up on this. Anyway... He gets uh, big and makes Marios. This is all true. Uh, this is a uh, a game, and it's a sequel to a other game that was called Super Mario Maker 1. Uh, that was on the oh. the Wii U console, and by all accounts was one of the high points of that whole thing even existing. Um, a lot of people felt like if you were even going to have a single game to play on the Wii U, it might as well be Super Mario Maker. And Super Mario Maker Two just came well, out last Scott, Friday. Yeah, uh, let me let me just jump in here and confirm. I owned a single game for the Wii U, and it was Mario Maker. How much did and you that play? Was it. How much did you play of that? A lot. I played a, I played a good amount. A fair amount. Okay. Yeah. I like yeah. to, I like that. Uh, then you know what I'm probably going to say about the making part. It's very cool. It's a cool game because you get to make stuff. Like imagine your childhood if you had a Mario game where you could go, all right, I've played your campaign. Now let me just go F around and make my own game. Like that's the dream and that's the game. That's literally what it lets you do. So in this particular case, just like the Wii U and its touchscreen, you use the touchscreen on this device to do the building if you want, or it is very controller friendly now, uh, which makes sense because if it's in docked mode on a TV, that's how you're going to have to play it. Uh, but I've been playing it mostly handheld and therefore using my fingers, let my fingers do the walking and it's been great. Now I'm no uh, great level maker, but I'm going to fiddle around in there and make some cool stuff. The bigger point is the game lets you go and look at everybody else's stuff. Things that rise to the top of the popular charts. And you're like, Oh, let's see what this, Japanese guy made, and then you find out, oh, that's the hardest level I ever played, but that was pretty neat. I learned some things there. I'm going to try that with my levels, and then you move on to the next one and so forth. You have the following games you can build within, the original Super Mario Brothers 8-bit NES style. You can work in the Mario Brothers 3 style, not 2. That's a notable thing that's been missing, even in the old game. Uh, Super Mario World, which seems to be the one most people make their levels with, where I just see a lot of it. I think that's because it's I don't know. The 16-bit era is just something about it. It's 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 a combination of looks good but feels retro. Lots of cool it's mechanics. It's the best one. It's the best one. Probably be why. Yeah. I, I think I agree with that. I mean, of of all the 2D side scrollers, easily the best one. I think in the 3D era, if you're going to compare, you know, 3D to 2D, I would pick like Super Mario 64 is the thing that blew my mind the most. But but yes, yeah. like for for a two-dimensional side-scrolling Mario game, of which there are many, old and new. Three, uh, or world is kind of your, your watermark that you're aiming for. So a lot of people use that, and uh, that's great to see. But you can also then jump ahead to the 2D but 3D-looking character stuff of the, quote, new Super Mario Brothers, unquote, games that came out in the Wii and Wii U era, and actually the Switch has one as well. Uh, that's a cool look. I like it, um, but, you know, feels different than the true, others. Is it true, Scott, that if you make levels in that style you are branded a heretic uh, for life. I, yes and it's not just people saying you're one you wake up with a like stigmata on your back like a big upside down <laughs> cross on your back it's bad and it burns and it hurts but a little bit of lanolin and maybe i don't know aloe vera goes a long way so you'll be all right okay so there's good. that whole good thing there's that whole thing and then you jump ahead to super mario 3d land now that's the more kind of depth based sort of engine and I really like how that one looks and feels. But if you make something there, you're not going to be able to convert it back to any of the other ones. But that is the new addition this time around. This didn't exist in the last one. Now it's a thing. 
So the 3D land look all the way down to old school Mario. It does seem like the happy place for most people is world. Because you get your Yoshi in there. You got your, uh, you know, your, uh, uh, you're jumping on, instead of jumping on a pole at the end, you're jumping over like a, a t- thing that moves up and down. I don't know. There's just something about that era that looks really cool. So that's the one I've been playing around with as well. Anyway, all that being said, the nice thing about this edition that didn't exist in the first one is Nintendo included a campaign mode, a story mode this time around. And the story is some shitty 2D dog thing came and and pushed a button that blew up Princess Peach's castle. Good news yeah, the is... the racer dog from Mario Paint. That's the guy. Oh, is that who that is? That's who that yeah. is. Oh, Mario shit. Paint, there's a throwback. I know, right? I had no idea they were dipping that far back. That's crazy. Okay. Well, that explains why he's even there. I had Mario Paint. But he hit this. You want to see something crazy? Keep talking. I'll be right back. All right. Oh, my gosh. He's going to go grab a little copy. Oh, do you have the mouse? He's probably got the mouse. Probably got the wand thing. Didn't they have like a little wand or like a. What do they have? I remember there was a mouse and a mouse pad. Yeah. That's all I remember, though. Let's see what he's got. John, what do you got there? What do you got for us? Hold it up. Oh, he's got the original box. What? I got I got myself a Mario Paint right here. Hold does on, it have, I, does it have all the paraphernalia in it? Yeah, I don't know. I actually haven't opened it yet. Ever? It's wait, it's mint in box. Don't do this for us. It's not mint in box. It's, oh. but it's in a box. Okay, well let's take let's a see. look. Let's take let's a look. See what we got. But wait a uh, second. Did, did, is this from your childhood or did you just pick yeah. this up? Yeah, Mario Paint. Uh, no. So my my girlfriend actually, I think she was at like some garage sale or house cleaning thing or whatever, saw it, and she'd heard me talk about Mario Paint before, so she grabbed it. She was like, I want that. So we got the game. We got the sweet mouse pad here. Okay, so it does have the mouse pad, Bo. You were talking about the mouse pad. You totally got it. Yeah. I mean, I used to make music on the Music Maker. That was my favorite part of... And we got the mouse. Uh, We got the mouse. What's, What's up with the trackball right now? Has it just never been used, or... Oh, they got a little plug on the trackball to keep that trackball nice and wow. soft. Trackball. You want a you soft and supple trackball. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've had a ball in my mouth. I know. It's at least a week, right? <laughs> Something like that. So, yeah, it's the, the whole thing. <laughs> Try years. It's been a decade since I've had a ball in my mouth. Oh. I, I, was, my I, I was making so. a, a I was. I thought you said your mouth. So I was saying it happened a week oh, ago. No. I said mouse. I thought you said mouse. mouse. It's been a long time since I've had a ball in my mouth. That's what I heard. <laughs> and you said at least a week. Yeah. Well done. Well done. You should, uh, John. You should. Fire, you have a, Do you have a? Do you have a working SNES, or do you have to procure that to get that? Going? I don't. I yeah. I don't have anything to to play this on, but I have the game now. I mean, uh, seems you, to be in pretty decent conditions. You so. could you could argue that the the Mario Maker of that era was Mario Paint, right? Because it had the weird music, it yeah. had the art stuff. Like you could really create with that thing. And uh, yeah, this this is a lot like that, except it's actual you know actual gameplay. And man, there's some devious stuff going on. People are building some crazy levels that I can't even believe are possible to beat, but apparently they are. Um, Anyway, back to the, the story mode. This is the cool thing. So the stupid dog pushes this button. For some reason, it's just out in the open. Pushes this self-destruct button. Blows up the whole castle. Nobody gets hurt. No casualties. Peach is off doing who knows what. 
And all the toads come around going, hey, we look like penises. Let's be, let's rebuild the castle. And I say, okay, oh, it's me. And I, and I promise to help them because I'm Mario. And they start to rebuild it. And to rebuild it, we need coins. Where do we get those coins? We go and run levels. Those levels are Nintendo-made levels that are designed for two reasons. One, they're entertaining and it's fun to rebuild this castle. But two, they have lots of stuff in them that you're like, ooh, I want to do that later when I build a level because that's a really clever thing they did. Uh, and so it's meant to kind of teach you as you go as well, although it's not like a full tutorial. Um, there is a tutorial in the creator mode, but uh, just playing through the 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 family or the uh, story mode is pretty cool on its own. So I think that's a really cool value that they, that they threw that in there at all. But obviously the meat and potatoes and the long tail of this thing comes from people making tons of levels and you trying them all out and rating them and following people who make cool levels and all of that and maybe making your own. Uh, so I'm going to give it a high rating, but the reason I'm bringing it up at all as a topic on the show is it reminded me that sometimes the best thing in video games come from the crowd. Uh, we've talked ad nauseum about, you know, things like MOBAs coming out of, uh, mod tools for Starcraft three or Warcraft three, rather (laughs) Starcraft three confirmed. I let it slip. Sorry, everybody. Starcraft three coming soon. Um, but, uh, you know, the idea that mods, create new game opportunities is nothing new certainly but i remember my quake and unreal and doom days building my own levels playing other people's levels one of my favorite things to do was just go download cool maps and play them and see if they were good and sometimes it would totally stick and end up being in a in a multiplayer rotation at the office and we play it every week that sort of thing um mods like uh you know uh counter-strike wouldn't exist if half-life didn't have a mod scene so I really miss those days because I feel like today, this isn't entirely true, certainly for, especially for PC gamers, but there's always stuff to mod. But today it feels like a lot more stuff is kind of shut down. Blizzard hasn't allowed modding since StarCraft II and its arcade. Um, everything else is just, you know, they, they may give you a little something here or there, like Heroes let you do their, um, what was that called? We could go tweak the options and st- towers get more strong oh, the sandbox mode sandbox mode which is really just flipping a bunch of switches not true modding same thing with uh overwatch's uh workshop system you can come up with some really cool ideas in there but again you're limited to what's in there and i guess you could say this about mario maker it's still just nintendo assets you're not going to put penises in there although i guess you could make a big block penis if you wanted to um and jump around on it i don't know why you would but you could Someone probably has. I need to search for penis later. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Take that out of context. That's a good quote. Yeah, that's not bad. Tell my wife. Um, anyway, it got me thinking that maybe, maybe we're just going, we're, we're, we're circling back around and going that direction again. I would love to see more games with not only options like this, creative options like this, but more moddable in the future and not just have it be limited to PC play. Um. And I'm curious everybody's thoughts on that. Like, Bo, do you think, are we better or are we worse off with more freedom for for players to, like, dick with the what's under the hood than we are when it's super controlled and locked down? He's, Bo, muted. he's muted. Yeah. He's got a sweet... Sorry, mute. guys. Oh. We are definitely... Sorry, I was watching Mario Paint videos. Um <laughs> 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 I was listening, but there wasn't, you know, there wasn't anything to listen to. I, I just muted in case I made some noise. Sure. Um, the uh, I think it's actually 
they should be doing it. Auto chess is like the biggest craze right now that didn't come out of any big developers' ideas. Yeah, it came from some dudes. And to be quite frank, I was giving it some thought. Um, you know, sometimes we all go through that little phase where we're looking for games to play, and I find like all the AAA stuff is really tired. Mm. I'm looking to indie games for all the big ideas or something new and sweet to do most of the time. And most of the things that I hear about are cool and sweet come from smaller developers. I just think that's for, I think there's more reason than ever for a small independent developer to take a shot doing their own thing versus big game development. Do you think it's crucial though that so, they have the path of, hey, what if this was made first in, uh, I don't know, like a game, an established game like Dota 2 and Auto Chess, they had the platform to to work it out and then they can take off and do something on their own like how important was that part of it like here here's the thing like i don't really mod or do that much i did flirt with the notion of doing some mod stuff for slay the spire because that's open i've looked into it it's a bit complicated so i'm a little deterred but back when i was playing heroes like every day there's nothing i wanted to do more than, than to make a map because i'm playing that game right like my desire to play heroes and, and have my work life balance be what it was was greater than to just go to any available modding platform and start modding. But I would have definitely gotten involved in modding for heroes. Yeah, I would have and too. And so so all games should do this because it's uh, oops, sorry guys. It's not enough like some folks are just interested in development and want those tools and they're gonna find it and they're gonna use it wherever they need it, but I don't know. Some of us are, are just going to mod or play around in the games that we like. So the fact that like games that you like don't have these things kind of sucks, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think they should, I think Hearthstone should have it. I think I should be able to just make my own card set and play around with their tools for fun. Like it, they should all have it. Do you think, do you think, uh, do you think heroes would have had, uh, and would still have a greater uh, following if they had a, like a whole arcade subsection the way that um, the way that Dota Two does. I don't know if League does. As I haven't looked, but um, I think so. I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I'm sure smarter people have sat in a boardroom and discussed it at length. But apart from the obvious work that it that goes into making tools available, because you know, let's face it, public facing mod stuff is a work hour man hour consideration for any company um i feel like it goes beyond that and it goes to protecting this online space of games we have now because back when you buy the box who cares if you have the tools right like they almost come shipped with them you buy ultima and like here's your ultima editor go it's right. your game right. <laughs> do whatever you want with it uh but it almost feels like now it's like somehow destructive to brands and ips if you know I make a version of the Witcher that is a penis land. Well, all and, they have to so, do, all they have to do is sandbox it. Like just, uh, and, and I 100% agree with you. There's no reason why companies can't, I don't know if Witcher is a good example, but really any game, give them, give players a place to goof around. Now, if it means a bunch of extra development time, maybe it comes later. Maybe you don't do it at launch. I understand that. Oh, my camera's all huge all of a sudden. Uh, I understand why they wouldn't do that, but, mm -hmm. but, but like, why not add, why not give players a place to dink around in your space and maybe come up with the next hot thing? Like there's absolutely nothing that says heroes of the storm may have been the place auto chess took off. Maybe the tools are easier there if they had done it. Maybe that could have been the place. Maybe that thing would be popping right now, 
because A, there would have been this mod that could still exist in the mods, but also uh, Blizzard went ahead and made an auto chess game. I mean, I think for right or for wrong, companies don't want you to. Like, it's not in Blizzard's interest to give you the platform to make the next Dota. You know, if you if you look at what happened with Dota, they tried to compete and they they lost uh, because somebody else swept in and and took advantage of it. Um, you know, and, and the thing you always say, Scott, is, you know, it, it feels bad that this got built in their backyard and that they never really benefited from it. Right. And that's, no that's never gets built. No, what? Say that again. I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to understand, John, make sure, like, cause you're saying, so we shouldn't have had the tools or that's why they don't. No, I'm saying anymore. that companies don't think yeah. it's necessarily in their best interest. Yeah. I, yeah I'm not yeah, going to yeah. try and speak for players. No, no. I just wanted see, to understand what you were saying. Uh, that's why I asked. I just want to be clear. And, and yeah. we've changed like what gaming is, you know, it was kind of the wild west when, when I was growing up with PC modding and all of that, you know, we've joked before about counter-strike and, you know, you could change your spray paint to be naked ladies and then people would stop and look at it and you could shoot them. And like nobody cared. Nobody was getting sued over naked ladies appearing in Counter-Strike because of some mod. And that was something that you didn't have say over. There wasn't some like tool that was in the game that said, oh, you can't have custom sprays on this server, at least at first. Yeah. It did happen. Eventually we got there. But back in the day, it was it was the Wild West. People would just kind of do whatever they wanted. And now companies are being held more accountable for that sort of thing. So it does become something that they feel like they have to police to some fashion. And so the more power they give players, the more opportunity they present players to, like you were saying, like potentially damage the brand to some degree. Whether or not that's ultimately true, you see it from a corporate standpoint that that's how they view it. Um, but Mario I do Maker think is midway, like though, right? What Mario Maker? Yeah. Well, I mean, Mario Maker is midway in the same way that no one's going to make a new Mario that competes with them or some new game mode. Like, I think there's a middle ground. Well, right? of course there is. Right. The, the Dota, yeah, like the auto chess example, the auto chess example is exactly that because they didn't build a game with their own assets and with all their own stuff. They built a game within the construct of Dota 2. So all those characters were Dota 2 characters. Uh, all they get to really mess around with was mechanically how things function when things appear when they go away what it adds up to but aesthetically they can't put a bunch of dicks in there or naked ladies they can just work with the dota assets and then move on to their own thing so so yeah like i think there is a middle ground there um i i i'm torn though because john john's right like we now live in a different time like gaming companies big triple a publishers are held to a different standard than they were 10 years ago 20 years ago and uh, I go ahead. Oh. I have a question about Mario Maker Two. Can you program AI in that game? No, but you can like not not on any level affect their behavior. No, they will behave no. however they behave. Then, but part of the fun of that game is finding out how they behave and then doing weird stuff with the world so that they end up being crazy. Like yeah, like I'm sure that's the case. But I right. mean, there's a level uh, to the tools that you make publicly available where I think. Mario Maker is definitely not modding. It's definitely not modding. No. <laughs> you know, like it's it's having fun with the existing assets and tropes that and and brand identity that Nintendo's made up without, you know, changing anything. Like if you made a StarCraft, like if the StarCraft mod engine, what is it, Galaxy or something? It 
if the things in there always behave the, the way they behaved would be much more limiting than allowing you to change how they make it. Right. I think for a retail product, it's like Joe and Jill have to be able to use it, just plop down their favorite Koopas in a level and that's fun, you know? So sure. But I, and I, I, mean, I guess what I'm saying is that creative, the notion that you get to create something is at whatever level you give them the tools to create is a good thing. And I, and I wish there was more of it. And at the same sure. time, I wish the bigger games had a bigger sandbox with more tools and more, more creativity. I mean, the truth is, you could go, you and I could go download Unreal right now, the engine, and we could go in there and make a game about whatever we wanted. We could do anything we wanted. Anything Literally. we want, right? The minute we have to sell it somewhere, maybe then we start running into issues. But we could make whatever we want, and I, it that's not a very tenable thing because it's hard. Like the engine's not a piece of cake to use. You need to have some knowledge and, you know, programming certainly helps, but you got to know how well, you got to get your asset, you know, like this, this gaming has many disciplines within it. Yeah. And I think the idea is that there's a middle ground where developers can make creative experiences that don't require us to be game developers, indie or otherwise, which is why, like, I still have fond memories of Wolf edit. <laughs> Oh yeah, dude. Oh, like it was just a text editor. You just plopped the little blocks down, and then I had fun shooting my own levels. I didn't need anything new. Although there was um a bitmap replacer where you could eventually put penises in there, but <laughs> but really? I wasn't good at bitmaps. Yeah. I barely use it. You know, apart from scanning in something stupid, I just I'd go and wolf edit and make my little labyrinth, and that was enough. Yeah, for me to like enjoy Wolfenstein levels that I had made myself. So. I mean, more games could use that. In Heroes, I never wanted, I need to get into the engine and completely rewire it. I just wanted to put my own logistic, like, give me all the tiles and assets and let me very easily plop down my things and, you know, make it as easy as possible. And I think there's room for games to do, like, the easier side of things. Like, make your own Witcher quest, right? Yeah, like, yeah. just take the map and make the tools in there and just say plop the quest giver here plop the monster there write your dialogue voice act it and upload it if you want you know like there, there's there's ways we can make it so that it's easy for non-programmers to go and just get, go ahead and be creative with games but i think the games are a lot of these games are so like work intensive that it's really on the would be nice list most of the time yeah, probably i agree john we I, I felt like i kind of interrupted you earlier you were you were actually yeah. heading toward a point what were you gonna say uh i just i kind of i agree with Bo. you know I, I think this stuff is cool i think assassin's creed odyssey just recently put in a, a quest designer it absolutely didn't need it that game is insanely huge but it's awesome that they put that in there for people like it's it's cool when developers put in that time and effort to just give you the tools to have fun and, and run with this sort of stuff. And I even like dumb um, stuff. Like you mentioned that AC thing. I do want to, I do want to yeah. say this about it. I was in there. We talked about how I cheated it with that. Cause they had like an XP gold thing <laughs> and that was funny. But what, what, uh, what I ended up liking the most is I ran into somebody's homemade quest that just said 1994. That was the name of the quest. I'm like, what is that? And I thought, well, I'll go try it out. So I clicked on 1994. It said something in the beginning that was total nonsense. Didn't tell me what it was about. And I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll get into it. 1994 was me running up to an NPC, some dude in the middle of Athens. And we proceeded to have line for line the exact dialogue that they all had in the car in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> when What's-His-Name got shot. 
all over the car. Uh-huh. Wait, yeah. is this voice acted with the movie lines? It's or? not. It's not. It's all text, but it's like uh-huh. it's RPG text tree stuff. So it's Cassandra, okay. you know, saying battle royale with cheese or whatever. And then you <laughs> then there's options to click. And then the other guy will come in with his lines like they did the entire scene. And that was the quest. And I got some XP and gold for it. Like, yep. it's just stupid enough that I love that that's a th- I love that that's a thing in that game that they actually even bothered to put it in there. These are the kinds of things I'm talking about. And, and this is a small one. You're just creating dialogue and the camera switches automatically between the players. And it's not like it's a there's not a lot going on there. Um, although, I mean, it's more than just dialogue. The guy can actually say, go to the southern tip of Antilles and pick me up a bottle of goo or whatever. And you can go do run the quest, bring it back to each of the rewards. Like it's a, they can, you can have multi-step interesting quest lines, but you can also go in and run something dumb like 1994. And I love that. I want, I want to be able to, in these Mario levels, there's one where it's just a Mario starts on a brick and jumps off the edge and dies. There's nothing else to do. I should be annoyed by it, but I kind of like it. And even though I kind of <laughs> like it, I still said boo on the rating on my way out. Said that was dumb. And then went on to the next one. But I like that somebody well, could do it. Wait a minute. There has to be a way to beat it. They can't upload it unless you can beat it. I, that's what I thought. But I swear I have run into some where well, literally. Can you put it in an, the ending in an unobtainable place? Something like that. No, you have to be able to beat it before you can upload it. But that doesn't mean that he didn't put an invisible brick somewhere right. that only he knows is there that you have to be able to hit. Uh. And right. then he can climb out of the pit. Yeah. Like, right, right, right. Okay. You have to be able to beat it, but that doesn't mean you have to make it easy for somebody else to beat it. Sure. So if you're exactly right. Uh, and if you think of any of those things in Mario, like bricks that are invisible or pipes that turn the world upside down or any of that dark shit that you can do that in that game and really foul people's day. What else is cool is they have like a Dark Souls uh, thing, kind of, and you can turn this on or off. And I don't know if the Wii U version had this or not. John could maybe speak to it. But in the original Dark, Dark Souls game, not Dark Souls, Dark, was it Dark Souls? Demon Souls. Demon Souls, thank you. Uh, one of the things about that on the PS3 was when you would walk around an area, you would find notes from other players. It was like a weird asynchronous multiplayer oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. And the note would say, this boss is really hard. Watch for when his eye glints or whatever, and then parry or whatever it would do. And a lot of times people just troll you and say, walk off this ledge and everything will work. And then you just die. Um, so yeah. there was a lot of that wow. going on. And uh, okay. this game has that in it. It has notes posted up all over the place. And some of them are handwritten. Some of them are typed. And by handwritten, I mean, you know, someone wrote it on the touchscreen with a stylus of their finger. And so where there's like a particularly dastardly way to get around killing Bowser or one of his stupid kids there'll be a note there that says, this is freaking evil. I can't believe you made this work. Or, you know, some other note that, hey, the best way to do this is jump three times and then blah, blah, blah. It's pretty great. And you oh, can turn so that players off. can leave notes for other players. Yes, on any, on any level. And, I, and you cool. can turn that stuff off, which I, I'm glad they gave me the option because it, it, when, you're, when you're in the middle of the action, the notes don't show up. You have to scroll kind of to the left or right to even see the notes. They're, it's not obstructing gameplay, but it's a nice little feature. Like, I just want more thinking in this direction. Like, just more of this idea of, like, okay, here's your core game. That's cool. But what if we could just go in there and have a little have playtime? And so what you've got is your people who just want to play your structured, uh, you know, des- overly designed video game. But there's a huge long tail, I think, potential on these games where people can just make stuff forever. 
I think Heroes missed the boat on that. Diablo missed the boat on that. Diablo 2 didn't. Diablo 2 had lots of cool modding, and people made some cool stuff out of it. Um, I guess Minecraft is the boat. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Minecraft. Like that's well, the, that's the big think... phenomenon of like a game that's designed to build and mod and totally I mean, agree. It was a phenomenon it still is i think we yeah, we also is. saw the rise of dlc i mean you talked about the the tale of games and it used to be you put out a game and that was it you're done so having players able to interact and extend that longevity of your game was beneficial to you now the companies are the ones that are trying to do that they don't want you making the great levels for the game because they want to sell you the great new levels for the game in three months and they want you to buy dlc for that and i know that probably sounds a little jaded but i mean that's a part of it you know dlc didn't used to be that prevalent it used to be the game came out and then maybe if the game was popular you get an expansion pack maybe a year later half a year later or something like that and that was where you got your additional content um outside of other people making it and now they want to be the ones who facilitate that for you i hate to say it but i think you're absolutely right um and i only hate to say it because i just wish it was different but i think maybe even smartly they just woke up to that and went well if we sell them stuff then they then we make money and then we don't have to build a whole subsystem of simple tools for people to use to make stuff that they would just give us money for i think that I think you can do both though. See, that would be my thing. I would be, I would, I'd be willing to say in that, I mean, in that we're meeting. Really, but it's more obvious that we're gaming in general, especially the larger companies are lemon squeezing more than it ever has before. Right? Oh, yeah. I think there was oh, an yeah. element of this is our shared passion. We want to do cool things. And that's really just not where the industry is right now. Yeah. The industry is like, it's not enough just to have someone play our game, but they need to, play it every day and like i went into magic arena the other day just i haven't played in a little bit and they have a battle pass now for their new core set up to 100 levels to unlock free crap and I, but i gotta spend like 30 bucks to be able to join the mastery levels and i'm like i guess is this what they're doing in Fortnite? Mm -hmm. and i had a moment where i was like oh man i like magic this all looks cool and i was like no don't do it this is stupid <laughs> they just want to keep me playing more than i actually want to play and because I'll feel like I invested in the game and now I got to go play it. And uh, yeah, it's it's not I, I think it's not good. Not that we want to turn it into that. But yes, there needs to be. As gamers, not only do we enjoy playing them on some level, we enjoy creating whatever fantasy worlds that come out of it. That's always been the appeal of MMOs. Like it might be very static, but the relationships and the stories in an MMO are based on what the players do. And, you know that's what's always fascinating mm -hmm. not the same old zones that you're always in and stuff like that yeah so yeah they, they, they there's there's something to gaming where like it's important and um i mean i'm glad mario makers the thing it's really cool it's it's a really like i say it's it's they're allowing me into their playground with only so much control right i cannot go in there and script it so that mario says it burns and when i pee every time he jumps i can't do that I want to do that real bad, right? but it won't let me do it. But it will let me make crazy cool levels, kind of live my childhood dream of make my own. I used to sit in class, you guys, sit in school, right around NES, Super Mario Brothers years, take a piece of graph, uh, or take like a whole graph book, and I would make this long, continuous Mario level. 
that was like yeah. done in the same way because this thing's done with grids. You know, you're putting everything in a grid basically, and I'd do the same thing. I'm filling in grids. All right, here's a mushroom. That block has a mushroom in it. Over here is a pipe that's going to take you down to here. Skip to page eight. Okay, there's that pipe. Now I'm in the basement. Now I'm doing all this. Like I, I built my own in my own head and on paper back then as it is. And you know, now you should do that as an art project now, just for one of your prints or something like that. Just like a full on. Oh, what if, what if you as this talented artist uh, today make mm. of a childhood sketch? Because I did the same thing, probably much worse than you. But I remember making Kid Icarus levels. Oh, I really like Kid Icarus. So did I. But, and I, I know uh, the feeling of just taking a whole loose leaf and just like it's class, it's school. I hate it. And so like let's just draw what the labyrinth is gonna be, right? Mm-hmm. And but I get what you're talking about. I haven't done that in so long. Yeah, mine was fighting games. I I used to try and design fighting games, despite being garbage at them and not actually liking the genre all that much. That was what I used to always. I'd draw the level out. Here's what's in the background. Here's what you can interact with. I'd draw the characters. Here's their abilities, their projectiles. Write it all out. Here's the lore. That you should be important yeah. to me. But we should encourage Scott to do a level design and take his time with it, color it up. And like like, a nice like do a big print. long like. 30. Well, you remember you, you did them a uh, thing. You did all those um, the controllers portraits. Well, you did the history of gaming or the games that influenced you. You did that. Oh, yeah, I don't know what yeah. the word is for it. We did a bunch of that, and then yeah. you did just a sketch that was full of detail. Yeah, it was a whole bunch of you know like a these mural style things. If you could blow them up that big, but it, it would make a nice idea if you felt inspired to do it. I'd yeah, something that was extra long, like like extra wide. But maybe know, it goes this entire... way and then it goes down, yeah. and you use all the pages in some sort of labyrinthine way. But it's a Mario or Kid Icarus level, or your own Frog Pants the video game. Oh, you know. know what it would be like? Do you remember when they would give you like a level map? in nintendo power yeah fold out and you could see the whole map laid out like that but an art print yeah i remember them doing that with like a metroid level or something and they would show beginning to end one yeah or final yeah final fantasy is another one but they would they would do that a lot and i used to love that stuff that's actually a really cool idea i have not thought about a thing like that i mean even if it was mario themed it would sell really well and get shut down for it but yeah, that's the only thing about the <laughs> Nintendo doesn't mind you making games in their games. I'll tell you what, but we got an idea. Call it the Shiitake uh, Kingdom. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Uh, I'll make uh, uh, Plumber Man McGee uh, with his br- slightly brown, less brown mustache. Like I could totally, I could totally dink that around and make. Welcome it to the Shiitake Principality, and uh... <laughs> call it the Superb Geppetto superb geppetto i'm in and his brother largio or whatever <laughs> Largi- lugio lugio oh. or just lugi brother yeah. lugi hey what's the matter with you uh what would mario's name be though we gotta Ge- get... geppetto yeah geppetto what's what's the matter geppetto oh lugi they have to be more like oh lugi you got to give him opposite of everything he normally is which is basically oh yeah we can finally make him sound the way i wish mario talked there you go i like it and then shiitake could be a shit take if uh, if you read it wrong, which I also like. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's my thinking. I thought it'd be fun to bring that up. Uh, quick mention to Little Big Planet. I think that game, in a lot of ways, is what Super Mario Maker... I think Super Mario Maker was an answer to that. I really do. I think that was them going, oh my gosh, you see what this Little Big Planet business is about? People are going nuts with it. And they really do let you go crazy. I don't know last time you ever played it or if you ever did, but you could make top-down bullet hell shooter games 
out of little big planets mod tools. It was insane the stuff you could do. It wasn't yeah. just I mean you could just go in and say here's a side scroller, here's my guy, starts here, ends there. But if you really knew what you were doing on a console even, you could make it into anything. I played asteroid clones, I played um oh what was the one I played? Oh, I played basically a Mario Kart ripoff, which they eventually had a whole game for. They had a whole little big planet racer game. But somebody had built one in the engine, like I, and it was janky. It wasn't perfect or anything, but it was like, wow, are you serious? What this stuff is? And that new game from that same team is called Dreams. Dreams? Is that it? Yeah, is yes. it in Dreams or is it just called Dreams? I think it's just Dream. Hold on, PS. Oh, they're doing a new like make anything kind of game. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty insane what you can do with it. But isn't it's not out right? Like it's uh, I or, thought it was out. Is it not? Release date 2 BC, TBC, so to be Oh. to be what? That's continued. It, continued. Later. <laughs> um a lot of, there's been a lot of talk that they they may end up saving it for whatever PS5 lets you do. Um but yeah, this is this is media molecule doing something that is really out there. Like apparently you can do the weirdest shit with this thing. So I guess what I'm saying is I have I'm optimistic actually that games on a broader level are going to let people be more creative and I think what comes out of that is sometimes greater than the sum of the parts or the core game they give you which might be neat it's sometimes you're sometimes just blind to what's possible Dota is a good example of that uh Team Fortress 2 is a good example of that like every cool mod that made its way into being a full-fledged game is an example of creative users outthinking the best in the industry and coming up with the next big thing. And I don't know why we'd want to stifle that. I think you'd want to encourage it. And I really do think. I love Blizzard. Loved them forever. Still one of my favorite developers of all time. But I think they've blown it in this regard. And it's unfortunate because they have such a rich background in it that by them kind of closing that all down and getting all tight with it was a mistake. And continues to bite them in the butt. Yeah, I think they just picked the lane and decided the lane was going to be not making tools. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Dreams is available for early access. It was released on April sixteenth. Yeah, somebody's using it for forty bucks. Yeah, some. Oh, you anybody can get it. Okay. I think I'm on the PlayStation Store, Canada, thirty nine ninety nine for PS4. John, are you like stars. are you like me? Do you do you hear about a cool console thing and then think? Does your brain immediately go load times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a hard thing to get over now. Like you know, I can't. I'm kind of in the boat of I don't know if we need new consoles yet, but it's real hard to go back to the era of load times once you've once you've gotten away from it. Yeah, it's unfortunate because. Speaking of consoles real quick, yeah, I have yeah. a new story that's not in our talk yeah, here yeah, below, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I it's on my mind, and this is now a reminder of myself, that new Spider-Man movie came out. Oh, right. They added free DLC of the new costumes to their game. Oh. I would like to play with those. That makes me want to fire that up. I don't want to wait for the load time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. man, you're so right. Like, I, I, But you've I, also played the game, right? Yeah, but new costumes, though. Yeah, new Spider-Man's costumes. Spider-Man's going to look cooler now. That game's really good, too. It's extremely fun to play. Like, just pick up and play again. I, I think I'm in the mood for that. Uh, 
and I probably will, but I, man, load times affect me now. It's just that, I mean, SSDs on PCs have spoiled us for years, but then also to hear that next generation hardware from both Microsoft and Sony will be, a lot of the focus will be on cutting that stuff way down and having SSDs and and just load times are just kind of going to be a thing of the past and the way it's become that way on PC is very exciting. But I even get that, like when I play Switch games, load times are almost non-existent or they're certainly faster than a lot of their uh, console counterparts because you're running off what is essentially SSD memory. And so you're not worried about spinning hard drives and all that kind of stuff. So so part of it is just me going, oh, just next generation, hurry up and get here and then I'll buy your new console and then I'll never have to worry about load times again. Um, that's where my head's at. Except if you're playing Anthem. Unless you're playing Anthem and then load times are a part of your life until the end of time. <laughs> well, until we move the uh, we move the goalposts, right? And then we're like, I had to wait seven seconds for this game. What is that? <laughs> That's what it is. It's all going to seem like it is all a relative thing, right? Like there's still load times. They're just a lot shorter. Eventually we're going to demand immediacy in everything we do. Everything should just pre- be preloaded and running in memory at all times. And maybe that's a future we can look forward to. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, enough about that. And we're not, this isn't PC Master Race talk, guys. We're just saying, like, I think the PlayStation 4 has the most compelling library of the of the generation. Just no doubt yeah. about it. But I just said I wanted to go play Spider-Man. Yeah, you're going to go, and you probably will. I will. I will. I'm going to. It's right over here. It's sitting right here. I'm going to hook it up because it's currently not. I moved everything around. But you gonna... pointed and I looked at mine. I don't know why I did that. You were like, it's We're right in. over here. And I just was like, yeah, there it is. There's Scott's the one. right. He knows. He knows where it is. It's All right. There. We are going to rip through some uh, quick stuff here. Looks like Richard Garfield is uh, a little ticked at Valve and says that Artifact is not great and they didn't do enough to promote it. Uh, that the game itself is fine, but that that uh, it's their fault. And for those who don't know who Richard Garfield is, creator of Magic the Gathering and other major, huge sort of tabletop games. Robo uh, Rally. Robo Rally. It's a, it's a great game. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard that before. What is tell- Robo Rally uh, and King of Tokyo is another one he did. He's, he made, he's had a life after Magic. Yeah. <laughs> he's made lots of awesome board games. Tell me about the Robo one. What is that? Because I'd never uh, known. Robo Rally is a race uh, where your play is robots, and it's a board game. And there's conveyor belts and spinny things. And you're, you basically, rather than rolling dice for movement, you get dealt programming instructions. Mm-hmm. And then you have to program your robot five moves for your robot. But other players can knock into you, throwing your plan. So if your instructions are turn right, move three, turn left, move two, and then move one, let's say, and that'll get you to where you need to go. Some other jerk player might have put instructions that crosses your path, and all of a sudden, now your programming instructions are off, and you fall into a hole and die. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so Like it's, aggressive logo from my computer lab days in elementary and, school. And it's exactly <laughs> like that because everyone flips over their instruction cards, and the way it's resolved is, on each round, the first instruction, whoever has the lowest milliseconds, you know, the quickest programming instruction goes first. So there's no turn order that's the same every round. It's whoever's got lower sort of turn things. It's a brilliant, that guy is a genius. Mm. That guy is a very smart guy when it comes to game design. And it's, that's what makes Artifact astonishing is this guy's made nothing but gold, even if it hasn't sold very well. 
there's reason you want to get Richard Garfield to make your game. And then it look what happened. Do you give him, are you with him that, that it's not his fault that this is just a valve problem and they didn't promote it right? Or is well, the game, I don't, I don't know that anyone's saying it's his fault, but he's saying like, he's saying like, we've tested it. Artifact is balanced. All that crap that people are saying, like they expect that kind of stuff. But for the most part, they released the game in good condition. I mean, this is valve. Mm-hmm. They take their time and release a quality product. So he's saying, the game released fine. There's nothing wrong with the game. Uh, Valve, he says, what he was saying that is, that is shocking is that Valve depends too much on its players to promote its products and not enough time promoting the game itself. Mm. I can see and that. It's kind of true because when you think of Blizzard, I mean, you see the Hearthstone videos everywhere. Would you like to play with cards? We've got cards. We've got cards. We've got cards. <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> if you compare Valve's approach to Blizzard, <laughs> the card is like, holy crap, I can't escape this sweet video of, of cards. But yeah. Well, so here's, here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem, I think, and I could be wrong. Valve is in a weird position. Blizzard has a launcher and it's all their own games. And they are the only one, you know, they're the ones to promote it. and They're going to push, push, push. Promotion for Valve means banners on Steam slots on steam ad space on steam otherwise whatever real estate on steam that they can give to it and they've always had to be i i'm assuming a little bit careful about how much toot they give their own horn because net because they're on a platform that they run that is also just packed with third-party content that doesn't get the same marquee treatment Sure, but couldn't they go and get a commercial or something? Like, I think the problem is, is I think somebody's sitting there going, well, I mean, everybody has Steam. We just need to advertise here. Mm. Uh, but like, you know, like Bo said, there's TV commercials. It's inescapable. I think I saw a commercial for Hearthstone in a movie theater before a movie once. That's like, true. That's they're, true. They're Definitely get to you. But I, I also think that a part of it, and I agree with what he's saying, because I think Valve's marketing for themselves is actually kind of bad. But I think another part of that is like what the game was and when it came out because and also tied to Valve, Valve comes out, a, a company that just waits forever to make a game. And they go, guys, we're going to make a game. And you go, Valve's making a game? It's been ages. What are you doing, Valve? We're interested. And they go, I know, get this, card game. And you go, a little late to that party valve what are you doing and like everybody oh and it's based on dota yeah it like you know it's just one of those things where i i think it it pushed a lot of people away and they didn't do a lot to get people back to it you know that was my reaction i heard oh they're making a game oh it's a card game well i've already got plenty of those and it's based on dota well i don't care about dota so I'm doubly not interested in your game, no matter how you market it. Yeah, that, yeah I mean, you, you say that, but like, if there was a hardcore base motivating that, it would be different. Because mm. Dota Underlords is just fine, and like, I enjoyed it, and I don't care about Dota stuff. So I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like they didn't like look at Apex as a counterpoint. It, it doesn't yeah. mean throwing the money up in the studio. It could just mean paying people to play it. I don't know. It's it's it's. 
weird. I just think his criticism is that they didn't do enough on that front. I think also, they're right, but I think it's a combination. Steam, valve is valve. Right, right, right. They're, they're going to be who they're going to be. But I also think John is absolutely right about, like, this fits into my whole thing about my anger at Blizzard for taking so long to get heroes out and then being so slow to uh, notice trends. And, you know, my whole my whole beef with their lack of um, agility when it comes to getting new products out. Uh, to me, that's this also. Like, this is... This is Valve coming too late to the card market. It's just too late. Like Garfield on board may have been enough of a motivator to go ahead and move forward. But at the end of the day, that is so that took forever. Like you guys, you were you were basically like heroes and unwilling to at least market it as much as Blizzard tried to with heroes because they did push heroes pretty hard uh, for those first couple of years. And I don't think Valve did any of that kind of pushing uh, with I artifact, think the, the worst feeling I got for Heroes, Heroes is a little bit of a different beast because they did market Heroes, but like you go to BlizzCon and the big sports events are StarCraft and Overwatch, and Heroes is like fourth place. Even World of Warcraft had, you know, it was just more energetic than the Heroes thing. I really felt it was a disservice to all the games. Yeah. To have them Thumbs all going out. on concurrently, their big highlight moments at the same time of year if they want to make a real league, right? Like the NBA finals don't happen at the same time as the NFL finals. So yeah. I, I don't know. I think that was also problematic. For also, it, may, it makes me wonder about this year's BlizzCon. Like, what does the section of space they would use for all the heroes hype and stuff in, in esports? Does that stay the same? Does that diminish? Is there just as much stage presence? Is there even a custom? Looking... I think it's zero. You think? Yeah, my understanding is they've said there's no competitive heroes at BlizzCon. So if what they is... do, it'll be like a show match or something. So what do they do? Are they going to have just no? Because the way it works usually, they have like a, not a third, but a big chunk of uh, uh, of a stage where what, they just don't have anything for heroes. Like it's just nothing. I mean, they don't play classic games on the esports. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's done. Uh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> like I hate to be hyperbolic, but heroes is done. That you're gonna have your is... Overwatch. You're gonna have probably your StarCraft. You're gonna have your Mythic Dungeon Invitational. I would imagine yeah. will probably be involved. Um, you know, yeah. who knows if they're going to do World of Warcraft Arena. Why that gets to continue in, in a world that doesn't have heroes in it is beyond me. Because I'm sorry to anybody who's into it, but watching World of Warcraft Arena is the worst thing. No, it's like a healing it. simulator. I hate it. I can't it's, watch it. <laughs> it's <laughs> awful. You just stare at some bars as they dance back and forth until one of them stops moving and you're like, yep, he's dead. No, it's the worst esport. It's a bad esport. Uh, Heroes is at least a proven proven platform of esportiness. Like it's a good esport. Yes, it's a good esport. <laughs> now Warcraft, I have bad Warcraft Arena or Warcraft PvP bad. Heroes good. But long, Warcraft long, PvE, long like long I think make. the 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 Dungeon Invitational things great. Like my, one of my more favorite ones to watch. I like watching those. Sure. That's perfect. I have for an, an exceptionally selfish reason for not liking the MDI, but uh -oh. I, even I have to admit, I it's good. Spill it. Why do you not like it? So this is so dumb. This is so personal. I'm going to apologize for my own dumb personal bias here, but when the MDI kicked off, they nerfed Rogue's grappling hook because it was too good at getting places you aren't supposed to go, and they didn't want all the competing teams to just be a bunch of rogues avoiding trash so my awesome grappling hook ability which was amazing oh. and great 
got nerfed so a bunch of MDI people wouldn't cheat. I and love that me. theory. That's I'm a good theory. I'm still mad about this. It was confirmed <laughs> to me. Wait. I think it's fine they did this because you like to cheat also in your actual raids by not participating in trash killing. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's I'm role playing my class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you are on an RP server, aren't you? Yeah, I am on an RP server. So me hiding from trash is in character. I am also on an RP server. Same server. Boy, yeah, wow! Right just... now, is I'm I'm having the hardest time getting motivated. I'm really trying. This new content's. It's not doing it for me. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't mean I'm giving up on the game. I just mean I'm I'm, right. in a, I'm at a I am at a stage right now where I just I cannot do it. I'll, I'll run the launcher and look at it and go. I mean, I could go do that other thing, <laughs> and then I'll go do I'll do another thing and not that, and it bums me out. But I'm with you. I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I don't know. It makes what. Fridays real awkward right now. Yeah, and it makes. It also makes, I mean, it, obviously, it's it's part of the discussion on the instance, and it always has been when there's been dips in the game. It's not like this is anything new, but um, I just feel like more than ever, it's weird. And also, f for the first time ever I can think of, WoW actually has some stiff competition in a way that they've never had before in mature, strong games. Final Fantasy fourteen is a strong game with a strong player base and is easily their biggest competition and possibly has more players in it right now partly because it's multi-platform and more you know accessible as a result but uh they may actually be exceeding their subs and that's a sub game the other one is eso eso is really good right now and a lot of people are playing it and it's it's the first time i felt like wow actually has is having a moment of oh these guys are doing all right Shit, we can't just rest on our laurels of being the we're the World of Warcraft company. They've got to, they got to do something. They got to do something. World of Warcraft uh, two, it's coming. Oh yeah, I I never forget. Bo had a good theory on that. Let's see, Wicked Kitten, you should try. Yes, yeah, so it's good. Just get in. <laughs> I mean, that alone doesn't make it sound like a good theory. No. <laughs> <laughs> really? A sequel to one of the most money-making games of all time? Sure. But Unbelievable. Yes. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. That's I was, I'm always looking for ways <laughs> to compliment you. Uh, by the way, speaking of Blizzard, they did an interesting update. This is called the Boobs and Blood update. Uh, you could include butt in there as well. They changed some card art in the update. For example, the... Uh, Oh, what's the chick? What are they? Succubus. She's not a succubus anymore. In fact, it's not even called a succubus. That card had had a succubus, and now it's got a fail, whatever they're called, the little creature dudes. The other thing you summon is a warlock. Fellstalker. Uh, yep. They got rid of her because she's too sexy. So she's out of there. Uh, they got a bunch of cards where there's a lot of blood in them. The blood is either removed or the actual card art has changed entirely. Uh, st is it steady shot? Uh, there's a Torin getting impaled De with a giant deadly. arrow. Yeah, deadly shot. Deadly shot, and now it's removed, and it's just like a um, uh, what are those called? Ballista. 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 Shooting yeah. an arrow. Yeah. Um, they did all this. A lot of people thought it was because Chinese market giving them heat because it's a much more. Um, they're very tied down on that kind of stuff. They've come out and made a statement. They're like, no, just sometimes you got to update the game and make it look different. Which is very yeah. Uh, so I have their statement in front of me, oh. and this is where my issue is because here's the thing: yeah. 
I if you want to make your game family friendly and you uh, or more family friendly or you want to appeal to a different audience and that's what you genuinely want for your product, do it. Yeah, I, I'm not opposed to this. We get so uptight about censorship and all of that. And I do get it to some degree. It feels bad when other people make them do it. But if that's what they want to do and that's the direction they want to take their game, more power to them. Where I get mad is when I read bullshit like their their statement. So this was that the recent changes were applied to make those cards more visually cohesive and consistent with the art style of Hearthstone today. When Hearthstone first launched, we brought a, a lot of artwork from the physical world of Warcraft trading card game. In the years since, Hearthstone has developed a look, feel, and personality of its own that distinguishes it from more, that of Warcraft. Though we still love being a part of that universe, we'll always be looking for ways to deliver on the game's unique style, charm, and personality. Bullsh and I say bullshit! Yeah, it's bullshit. Like... When you look at some of these card changes that they've made, they haven't changed the art style. Like, if you want to take Headcrack, for example, I can see that. It went from a very viscerally realistic-looking zombie getting its head exploded and all of that to a fun little goblin throwing something at a skeleton. Okay, that's fitting what they said. But Deadly Shot is exactly the same style arrow. The difference is one is just being shot and the other is through the body of a tauren. The Secret Keeper is literally the same art style and clearly the same person, just showing less skin and less butt in this particular case. I don't mind that they're doing it. Just don't lie to me about why you're doing That's it. My That's all I ask. I am 100% with you, John. My problem will never be that you change your assets or the look of your game for whatever your reasons may be. If you're just like, you know what, this stuff's sexist and we should probably change our tone. Great. Own that and tell us that. Don't make up this PR schmoochy pooch because it's bullcrap. Like none of that reads true to me that you read. So say I feel like what one of the reasons is. why they can't say it, though, is because I, I just linked the whirlwind art in our discord and yeah. that's still in the game. So the good news is if you like boobs, blood and bones, uh, they've there's still plenty of card art that has it and this is like probably one of the worst offenders that one has boobs and blood yeah. and a metal thong and yeah, yeah. so i mean that well, kind of throws I think, that i think you're on the cutting room floor or cutting room what is it when it's coming up it hasn't happened yet but it's coming well i, I mean, think that's, i think it's scheduled that's to go, the insane probably. thing is that clearly they've edited these to be more pc like clearly the changes are not just we thought it'd be better like it's it's incontrovertible yeah. when you look at all the art. But at the same time, you can't really say, well, yeah, they're they're toning everything down because they only touched like eight cards and there are plenty of cards that have all the things that everyone's accusing them of in them still. So they can't really say, oh, we're toning it down because then they left this guy in. You know, I don't, I, I'm confused, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm not confused really at all. Confused. This is them. This is them just not handling it well. Like it, just own it. Just own it and say, and also add yeah. into that comment, and we're not done. There may be other changes and we'll always, you know, reserve the right to do whatever we want visually to our game and reinforce that and just say, yeah, we don't like, we don't like that the succubus looks like a whore. We'd like to maybe get away from some of that visual stuff. And then maybe even say, and this helps us in places like China where we're a little more, there's more scrutiny on that kind of stuff. And we're changing as a company. Tell me all those things. And I know there'll be people to be offended by that. I need my TNA social justice warrior. Blah, 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 you snowflakes. Someone's going to always do that. F those guys. They can go off and masturbate in the corner. I don't care. 
I'm talking about. I can't, Scott, because they changed my cards. <laughs> I wanted to, but they changed my cards, and that's the only thing that works for me. Uh, no wonder it's so popular on mobile. But anyway, the point is, like, if you're if you're mad about that, I can't help them. What you should be mad about is Blizzard taking the tone of, no, this is just part of our abil- our our willingness to bring the look up to date and do that. That is the most PR shitty McShit I've heard in a long time. So don't do it. That's dumb. That's dumb, Blizzard. We're smarter than that. Remember what you did with the with the freaking Diablo Immortal announcement. And remember that those were smart gamers, and so are we at home. We know when we're being bullshat. Right? So yeah, don't do there's it. There's a lot of bullshit this year. It's true. I'm sorry, but yes. There is, and I love them. I love Blizzard, and I understand this is hard, but this is knee-jerk. Just freaking own it. Lean into it and say... Yeah, we're not comfortable with this anymore. It's sexist, and we have a lot of women artists who don't want to draw this stuff. Like, we're changing as a company. Fine! If that's the reason, fine. Go. Do it. Yeah, and it may not be the company. Like, we're not talking about the company at home. We're talking about the people who's in charge of making the decisions about public interface. Yeah. Like, somewhere internally, that conversation happens, and then someone decides, well, we better not tell the public. We better just say, we're just changing some art. Yeah. Thank you for purchasing our product. You know, like... Don't. Don't do that. We know better. Also, this is what they said. We've been bullshat. No, that's us saying we've been bullshat. Sorry. Get that wrong. Isn't that a great line? We've been bullshat. Anyway, Killing Eve. Great show. Uh, So, okay. uh, We may as well at least mention the the community uh, manager position thing that Blizzard advertised for. There was a lot of controversy around it. Um, yeah, speaking of Blizzard bullshit. Yeah. uh, Here's some more. The the big hang-up with that thing was... um, the person, well, the person who pointed it out and kind of did a little bit of a freak out, which ended up getting a lot of exposure, was somebody who was just laid off in a similar position on the Hearthstone team, and now they're immediately hiring people, even though Blizzard said, in best, in the most cases they can, they'll rehire from within or move people from other teams to to fill positions that are needed elsewhere after that layoff. They appear not to be doing this. They're doing an open call for a new employee. Um, I'm hearing from multiple ex Blizzard people after reading the description saying stay away from that position they're asking you basically to do what three or four people used to do uh that's one take on it the other takes were just this is nasty a blizzard to do this i've also heard the person complaining the loudest who was formerly there was terrible at her job so i'm hearing a bunch of different things going back and forth but once again it's just this weird tone deafness that they all they're not the only company to do this they're just the one that we hoped wouldn't ever do it you know that's all. I mean, yeah. it makes sense. Uh, real talk here. When they go to do layoffs for X reason, that they're gonna they're gonna flush some problem people out with it. It's definitely an opportunity. If you have a problem person that you can't deal with with cause, but that has to go. Those folks are good chance. Those folks are going out under the guise of you're laid off. Yeah, yeah but I think real you talk. know. I, I I think that. You know, regardless of because we don't know how this this person was not. with we their no job, idea. but we do know someone who we we all know was very good at their job who lost their job in the layoffs, mm-hmm. and uh, you know to and and they reacted to it as well and and had some thoughts on it and it's heartbreaking to know that there are people out there that are still looking for work. And here's Blizzard trying to rehire people for positions 
they literally just let people go from. No, they, they should. Yeah, if they are like, okay, we have to get rid of community managers. Let's get rid of them. They're like, oh, we need some community managers. Well, we know a couple hundred or whatever. Like, <laughs> we know some. There's got to be a good one in there. Like, you know, like they, there has to be a sense that they should be going back. But... Doesn't doesn't it feel like somebody doesn't know though? It feels like some departments just moving forward with HR stuff and not paying attention. Like they're being just just deaf to the reality of it. Oh and... no, they have to know. It's so it, the streamer relationships have to be so important on some level. Whether or not you want to criticize Blizzard for being not responsive or not doing enough, they know that these relationships are important. They have them on their launcher like every day in various capacities. Mm. Um in addition to all the other things that they do which is just like writing crap like your patch notes and, and your your little articles on the site and community outreach and on the forums and stuff like that they they know that the people doing this are like kind of one of a kind people like they're not it isn't a job where it's like anyone can fill it these take specialized people that i think when you're a programmer, you have a skill set that you learn from somewhere. You trade in your skills. And a lot of the disciplines are kind of like that, I would think, at a game development company. I don't think you get that as a community manager. I think that's like a, on paper, anyone can do it. In reality, that's not true. But yeah. to me, it's like an on, on paper, like, oh, we need customer service agents. Pretty much anyone can do it. So, you know, hire right. whoever. Right. And I feel like maybe they're, looking at community managers in that way like it's it's not important to have like a good community manager we just need a person to do it um that's the impression i get from how they're handling things yeah it's really weird i don't like it um city in the chat says sounds like every business i've ever encountered you may be right city but all i'm saying is hey do better do better I don't know. The company's one that's come out and you know mind you chris isn't there anymore but his video about their work culture had made a big impression on me when I saw it about come work for Blizzard. We're a workshop of artisans and craftsmen that, you know, there is, there is a public conversation that Blizzard itself initiated by saying that they have a special workplace. So I think when you come out and say we're high standard and then something happens that really just seems below the standards that they've set, we're okay to say, Hey, that doesn't sound or look right. Yeah, if you're gonna come, if yeah. you're gonna claim a thing for years and then not live up to that thing, at the very least, you need to either address the thing or don't. I don't know. This it's a weird time because I'm, admittedly, I have been the biggest Blizzard fanboy since Warcraft Two, and it's it's the one company that's been in my life of games for forever, for as long as I've been. Uh, had memory of playing cool video games. Blizzard's been right there with me. And I'm I'm feeling very critical of them right now. And I didn't expect to ever be here because I just, I have been very glowing about them. Even when they made mistakes in the past, you know, they made a lot of mistakes in the past. It's not like they've ever been perfect, but I've always, always benefited the doubt. Always like, nah, it's fine. They're just, you know, this is just a hiccup or whatever. Um. This just feels weird now. It feels feels weird. Companies go through low points too. I mean, we love Marvel stuff right now, but they weren't always everyone's favorite. I think throughout the course of history, or big, or whatever, like they They're could just really be bankrupt. Yeah, sure. that's why they that's why they don't have the license for Spider Man, and why it took so long to get it back for everybody else is uh, they were very nearly bankrupt and done. But it, de- um, it depends on leadership too, you know, like. Sure. 
Sure. I guess is what I'm saying. That's all. Yeah. I, I agree with and that. I, I think maybe one of the most telling things is, you know, we had this interview with Mike Morheim recently where they're talking about, hey, I wonder what he's going to go on to do. And he alluded to the fact that maybe he's not done with games. Yeah. And maybe the fact that he might still be interested in playing in this kind of field, but left Blizzard is maybe the most telling about some of what's going 100%. on. hundred percent. I don't want to agree. I don't want to read too much into that, but it's been impossible for that thought to not be in my head because what anyone in, in their right mind after watching the entire history of Blizzard would think when Mike freaking Morheim leaves is that he's leaving the world of gaming He's done. He's retiring. He's of a certain age. He can go and chill and spend time with his family and sit on the beach. Like that guy doesn't have to do another lick of work his entire life. And for him to say, who knows, maybe more game, you know, like that's a, that's a big tell to me that what that tells me is that it was no longer the place he wanted to do it. And now maybe he'll find a place to do it. Maybe that's just him and two other guys. Maybe that's him and a small team of 10 or whatever it is. That says a lot. I mean, if you connect all the dots of the past couple of years to the big departures, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Um, some... It's tinfoil hat, and we can play the sound. Oh, yeah, ben we can Bro... totally play the sound. Why would Ben Bro... Oh, here we go. Hold on, here it is right here. All right, put that hat on. What, ben Brode, Why me. would Ben Brode leave Blizzard after coming up with Hearthstone? Why isn't someone going over there, here's 10 million, incubate something? Yeah. Uh, like, what are you doing losing your top talent? to become independent like obviously there was a conversation at some point with a lot anyone thinking that way like uh, can i do this and they're like no they're like okay goodbye you know like i I have to feel someone at ben's age (laughs) might be interested in working on something new having worked on hearthstone for a long time and they didn't feel that they should keep him well, a lot of those and, guys who left and they're now at uh, Bonfire, similar deal, right? They were young. and well, Yeah, a lot of talent left for Bonfire. And, like, it's nothing new for Blizzard to lose talent. They lose it all the time mm-hmm. and have people go on to make good games. But, I don't know, past couple of years, you know, Mike Morheim, I don't think I count Chris. I feel like he's actually retired from the interviews. <laughs> he wants to pay Warhammer minis. So oh, he's out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't count him in any of this, but uh, like everything, everyone else has like moved on to, to uh, do other projects. And it honestly, I'm hoping Mike is working on some other project because he seems like a real interesting person with his own ideas. And, you know, when he's up there with deep mind, I just assume that's the most important thing to him that's happening at the company. And I'm like, I think it's great. Yeah, I would. I'd be very curious to be to see whatever would be next for a guy like him. Um, I'm also really curious to see what Bonfire does. I was never a huge fan of Rob Pardo, but I like the talent he has working for him. And they have the potential to make something amazing. They have some of the best people Blizzard ever had in their various departments. Josh Pasquera was uh, the Reaper of Souls leader that they credit for saving Diablo 3. Yeah, they also credit him for walking across the street and saving Destiny, possibly. Like, he is a a really smart dude and was a huge loss for Blizzard, in my opinion. I also felt like maybe, you know, knowing what we know now about the second expansion being canceled before the first even had a chance to to take ground Mm -hmm. says a lot about why Josh may have gotten out of there. Um, I don't know. I just I feel Ghostcrawler going over to uh, League in the light of Heroes having had its day. Yeah, you know, like looking at it, like oh, we at some point he had to have known Heroes existed and could have said, I could stay at this company and work on the MOBA, or I could go with League. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know all of his personal reasons. Just the optics on all of it combined start to really feel like that the real 
um, forest cutters, the innovators, the avant-garde, uh, the real designers and visionaries are looking for pastures elsewhere because that's not available at Blizzard right now. Not anymore. Yeah. That's what that's what it feels like. I'll tell you what it feels it like to me. Imagine, wrong. just imagine the scenario. I know it's not nearly as extreme as this if this actually happened, but imagine if your childhood comedy hero, let's say Bill Cosby, let's say you found out and this is going to sound crazy, but let's say <laughs> a real hypothetical. Yeah, total hypothetical. But let's say you found out Bill Cosby was, I don't know, slipping drugs into women's drinks and raping them when they didn't have any say in it. Jeez, what a what, hardcore example. What, what I, I realize that it's very, ex- but it's like finding out one of your heroes. Oh, wait, I'm being so hard on the, the or hard on. <laughs> Hold on. The, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Bill Cosby, the, uh, hard on. We're, I, we're I, on I'm hearing topic. from the studio. Yeah, this indeed happened and I should not talk about it. So this apparently happened. Bill Cosby uh, is in prison right now. For Anyway, but my point is, I, I'm being an ass, but my point is like, yeah. it is a little like, because for me, these are my, my heroes. And right. they're my, and also over the years, they become my friends. And that's still true. There are people in there. I don't think they're all in there cahooting around about how to not do things better. Or, you know, that's not how it works. But I have really close, dear friends within that company who... Um, are will be lifelong friends regardless of where they go, but I just can't help but feel like part of the the mystique is just popping a little bit. You just never know it's around the corner. I mean, I love Todd McFarlane's Spider Man, and I was sad that he wasn't doing it anymore because I just felt I don't know. There's a Spider Man series who was number one. I was like, I'm getting into Spider Man at number one, yeah! And I just grew to love, grew to know who Todd McFarlane was mm-hmm. through that comic. And then I was bummed that he left, and I stopped reading the comic. But then we had Spawn, and yeah. I enjoyed Spawn. So he just hit three hundred issues, Let's by see. the way. Three hundred issue yeah. three hundred last week, or something like that. Yeah. And I think that's overall. I mean, if he's happy and that comic, I like the direction he went. It was very gothic and dark, and way cooler than Spider Man, uh, in my opinion. Mm. I just wish they could get the other media right, but whatever. The comic is great. Um, that uh you know it just all these folks are just they're not getting what they need at the company and that's perfectly it's also perfectly normal like blizzard's mo right now is to maintain its weight yeah it's not to it's not to let's shed some finances in the name of gaming yeah uh it's it's it's, all companies have a instinct for self-preservation so that's what we're gonna get and should expect from the company. And we doesn't mean you still can't like your heroes. It's just it's I think it's at that stage of of its life right now. But that's not to say someone like a Kevin Feige can't come in and all of a sudden we've got StarCraft movies every year and it's the best thing ever. Chat room says uh, watch the image comics documentary. Where is that, Rusty Nails? I would totally watch that. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. I would love it. Uh, did you hear Spawn's gonna be in Mortal Kombat eleven? <laughs> I did hear that. Wasn't that and so? He's voiced I, by Keith David too, which is perfect. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. amazing. But I did hear. Okay, so my memory was that he had already been in a Mortal Kombat game. But what I was thinking of? No, he was in Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur, right? Soul Calibur three or two or something. Two, yeah. And it was the same. Uh, so yeah, the way they two. did it, it was like, hey, Xbox players are edgy, so they're going to get him, and <laughs> yeah. uh, GameCube players are or love the link. link so it's link here's link and then what did sony get hi hachi from freaking tekken oh right as a tekken character <laughs> they got an old man with wing hair <laughs> oh man okay i love that i'd forgotten but yeah good luck to spawn and all his his stuff actually he's br- they're bringing back greg so okay 
Issue 300, McFarlane's drawing, so that's exciting. 301, he's bringing Greg Capullo back. Because you could argue that was the best run that thing ever had, and Capullo is one of my favorite artists ever. So that's a cool thing to see McFarlane and Capullo working together again. Yeah. Uh, so there's your little comics corner. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I, I did. I was never a Spawn fan, but I am a fan of Todd McFarlane's work. I really enjoyed around the time of uh, Venom coming out because mm-hmm. uh, he was uh, he was one of the creators of yeah and uh he did a sketch over the top of like a pause of the trailer to show what could be done to give venom a more authentic uh look to the comic books and it was really interesting um and yeah he's just a cool he's a cool creator in that way uh real quick just to note the image revolution is available on amazon prime epics and tubi uh you could also rent it on itunes Amazon, Vudu, and PlayStation. I'm going to watch oh, yeah. that. I didn't realize why Greg Capullo wasn't registering, but yes, I love his art. He's not he great, dude? Oh, he's so good. It's his, his, amazing. His Batman run with Scott... Uh, Scott... De- Scott Snyder. Snyder is some of the best DC things ever. It's so good. Yeah, the Court of Owls stuff was amazing. Yeah, so oh, good. It was super good. Well, thanks for that, Rusty Nails. I am absolutely watching that, maybe even tonight. When I'm cozy in my bed and have had my fill of video games and Bo and John. Now there's this. Let's talk about what we're playing real quick. Uh, I mentioned Mario Maker 2. That's great. I am also playing a lot more than I expected of Super Animal Royale. This stupid top-down cartoony Battle Royale game on Steam. I Uh think it's... It's got the dumbest best name. I love it. It's super dumb. And it's great. It's actually very fun. And these cutesy looking freaking Nintendo almost like uh, almost like Animal Crossing looking characters blowing each other to bits in a Battle Royale style game is really fun. Plus, there's something about the top down thing I really dig kind of dual joystick sort of method to that kind of genre. And I'm sick of doing it in shooters. Uh, Third or first person don't care. Kind of just bored of that. But for some reason, this is totally like hooking me. and I dig it. So check that out i think it's still on sale for only 10 bucks to get in with all the extras it's also free to play as a kind of a bare bones you know you don't get much in the way of a character skin or anything but it's fun i like it super animal royale it's just exactly what you think it is (laughs) it's great it's really fun i enjoyed streaming that the other day it also makes me scream here and there oh there's a there's a hamster ball you can get into and what they don't tell you is that if you're in the hamster ball you can run other over players and one shot kill them. They can also blow up your hamster hamster ball in like three bullets, so it's not very easy to do this. But I didn't know this, and I thought the one coming at me, I would just fight him when he got to me, and he ran me over and killed me, and I screamed like a baby. It was fantastic. Good times. <laughs> still playing ACO, uh, that being Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, John, you as well, still still digging away in there. Yeah, although I'm getting there. Like, I feel bad because it's what I say I'm playing every week, but it's just been so all-encompassing. But I'm nearly... I'm getting to the end. I'm getting to a place where I might play a different game in my life, and it'll be amazing. I've wiped out the cult. Cult's gone. Mm -hmm. I have completed the story of my family. That part's done. There's one other thing that to even describe what the quest chain is uh, would be spoilers, so I won't say it, but I've kind of got one more big main story arc um, that I'm nearly done with. And then after that, it's kind of all 
DLC and side stories as I want to complete it. So I'm finally almost done with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but it was really, really good, and I am going to be sad to see it go. And more than anything, honestly, I just want more games with Cassandra in it, yeah. and it's going to bum me out that Assassin's Creed will go on, but in theory, she will not. So You know what they could do one day? I got an idea. Oh, this is so dumb. This is such a dumb idea. All right, Ubisoft, one or two more entries in the series, and you've got enough Ezio's and Cassandra's and all the all of the different assassins. Oh, I think to I know what you're going. Make for. your own oh, battle no. battle chess or sorry, real time chess. What's it called freaking uh, chess auto chess battle. game. Auto chess. chess. There's yeah. your auto chess game, and Ezio's got a certain kind of knives nobody else has, and Cassandra can talk your head off or whatever she's gonna do. Like all these <laughs> powers, or make it like a, a, a freaking Smash Brothers ripoff. With all, with all yeah, I thought you were gonna go more for the Smash uh, fighting yeah. game side, but both work. Honestly. I would love it. I would love it. Oh my! I, the Lord. only thing that would bump me out is that at some point Alexios would show up, and I'd be mad all over again. <laughs> I, he's so bad, Scott. He's the worst. He is bad. He has one mode. He has one voice, and maybe it's just because he's a villain in my game. But every time he shows up, he's just like, "I am so angry, Cassandra. I'm so good, just gonna yell everything." Yep. No, I'm that's just him. like, dude, that's chill. Him. Just bring it down. A couple decibels. That's please. totally. That's totally him. And he's like that. I played it's a little so bit of him in the other in the main game and he's still kind of one note like there's really nothing great about him cassandra's just so good she just makes that game she's so good love her love her love her, love her. Uh, but the the other thing that's interesting is that team at ubisoft is making a breath of the wild style uh greek mythology game whoa like they're moving from this to an open world greek mythology game and so now Having put so many hours into this, I'm extremely interested in it. I can't remember what it's called. I can't. Um, I didn't know about this. Now I'm excited. Yeah. They teased it very briefly at E3. Uh, it, it's all <laughs> it's right up their alley, <laughs> I guess. But <laughs> All the extra assets that didn't make it into Assassin's Creed, the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> it's like, like, it's very uh, stylized. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh, we spent a lot of time researching this. What if we just kept doing it? Okay, that sounds good. Uh, and got... I'll I'll be all in on that. Yeah, like you... that Odyssey has been great. I can't believe how much I love that game. Yeah, it's my game. It was my game of 2018 and is still maybe my favorite thing I've been playing this year, I think. Chat room says it's called Gods and Monsters. Oh, Gods and Monsters. I have heard of this, but in a weird context. Gods and Monsters. Hold on, I'm looking this up. And then, um, because it's apparently a movie, I'm going to say put game after that in your search. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, here it is. Oh, right, right, Gods and Monsters. Right, 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 right. Oh, right! I saw this, and mem- I'm, I got kind of excited about it, but knowing that that's that the people that peeled off of that team and started working on this is very exciting. And by the way, t- speaking of, like, you know, Blizzard and, and companies like Blizzard, EA before them, lowering themselves in terms of their once highfalutin status. Yeah. Uh, Ubisoft's gone the other way for me. They continue to climb. They have great workplace stuff. Uh, I know people that work there. They're absolutely freaking love it there and just rave about it. Um, They stick with games that launch Rocky and then turn them into huge hits. Uh, Siege is a huge example of that. That thinks a bona fide esport. 
and uh, started real rough and, and is killing it right now. Um, for Honor, same thing. Like, they stick with their stuff. Overall, I think their library is really strong anyway. Like, the games are really great. I think they're killing it with the Assassin's Creed direction they're going in. Um, they've kind of got something for everybody right now. I really like what they're up to, and I like their attitude, and I like the way they're they're behaving as a, cor- as a company. I mean, they could one day tarnish as well, but as it stands right now, I would put them in there with, like, Nintendo in terms of everybody's all kind of smiles at the moment, and it's good. So, good job. Should get let you talk to Crofton. He used to work at Ubisoft. Oh yeah, we're uh, in uh, a long, long time ago. He doesn't mind me saying because it's not he's not in game development or anything. It doesn't matter. Where was it? Uh, Montreal. He was, uh, he was at G in Montreal. Mm-hmm. It was uh, he was a GM on Shadow Bane, I believe. Shadow <laughs> oh, Shadow Bane. Oh my gosh, that dude. was the one that was like sold the... on the the premise of you can play a Minotaur. Yeah. Right? Yep. Isn't that what that one was? 2003's Shadow Bane. I mean, it was a long time ago, but yeah, you know. Shadow Bane emulator? Somebody's doing a Shadow Bane emulator. Well, you can play I, this right now. I think it was a very merciless game. Yeah. I played it very briefly and was like, yeah, confirmed. You can play as a Minotaur. <laughs> then I moved on e- with my Eve, life. Eve, on, Eve Online levels of player chicanery. Oof. Did you be a centaur in that game? I see centaurs running around. So part of the deal with Shadowbane is that you can form your own political factions and own ground and then control ground where people respawn and then you can just keep them from respawning, I think, if they didn't, you didn't do what you wanted them to do so they just couldn't play the game or something. It was apparently very heavily player destiny controlled and uh, it came with its unique problems. I got to look at some old video of this. I'd forgotten this even existed. I didn't know it was even Ubisoft. That's crazy. No, that that is such a different uh, era of Ubisoft. I mean, how can well, you even compare so it? Well, so the way that gaming worked, and he'll explain it better to you, but the stuff was contracted out because I don't know that they developed the game, but they were operating it or some such thing. And this was like, so this is pre-WoW by a couple of years. Uh, well, yeah, pre-WoW, and then I remember because um, we talk about WoW a lot, and he's like, yeah, basically everyone was playing at Ubisoft, was playing World of Warcraft while they were working on like their own shitty MMOs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny how that works, yeah. Yeah, yeah. my memory is this was, this was set it apart. It was kind of um, Dark Age of Camelot in a lot of ways with some of the PvP elements and all that, yeah. but it had this like yeah. city building stuff where you were building entire cities. It had a, and... a, pol- a political system, like basically you, you can control parts of the world and set policies and just dominate. And, and I never played it, so I couldn't tell you the particulars of it, but it was very, very player driven, player creation driven. It is ugly as shit. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. most of those games. Man, we could do an entire episode of just going through the old MMOs that never really caught on, but that we played. Yeah. I played so many of those for 10 seconds before moving on. Yeah. Did you guys play, uh, did anybody here play Anarchy Online? Because I, I played. did play Anarchy Online. <laughs> so did you had I. To get insurance for your own body so that you could... Uh, what was what did insurance do for you? It ensured you kept your items, right? Did it prevent the XP loss? I can't remember. I don't remember, I can't but yeah, re- you, I remember. I had to get my body insured in that game, and that was weird. you did. You did it. It was very um, cyberpunky. Like you'd store your image at a console computer thing, and and then when you'd go out and fight, and if you died, you had to restore from there. So I, I think you missed everything that you would have had during that time, right? I don't think it was very. 
I don't think it was very forgiving. That game seemed really unforgiving yeah, to me. Yeah, it was rough. This is as unforgiving as our chat room. Oh, there's a Shadowbane community right now. Is there? Well, yeah, you can play. There's an emulator, I guess, where people are playing. Like City of Heroes style. Yeah, but it's like when City of Heroes does it and um, that Star Wars one does it, people care. It's like when this one does it, you know, no one talked about it. <laughs> no one cared. I guess we did. But, but there's like a community of people who are playing this game and not any other game. It, that, that part just fascinates me that there's enough, even if it's a couple hundred players, to like make a a community around a game. Uh, it's, it's like um, what did I watch the oh I was watching somebody play Star Wars Galaxies the other day. Um, Steve Hammaker was playing. And yeah, he finally unlocked his Jedi, which cracked me up because I felt like I was watching a stream from 2002. It was nuts. Really weird. Or it 03, took me a minute. He said he was streaming it. And I was like, oh cool, I'll check that out. And then it was about you know, like three minutes into me watching it. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute. This is a weird thing. This game's closed down. How is he even playing it? Yeah. It's very, it's super. What's the word? It's like vanilla servers for a while. It's super clandestine, but I, can you play like anarchy online? Can I get into there now? Is that a still running game? Probably is right. If somebody's running an emulator. Yeah. Somebody's still running anarchy. I would part of the deal is like when MMO shut down, it's like, well, who can run them? I guess they're shut down. But then when it becomes such abandonware that people can reverse engineer the server side bits. Yeah. Let's bring back planet side, you guys. Dude. Dude. Please. Dude. (laughs) I was only around for the shutdown of one MMO, and that was Planet Side when they finally said goodbye. Do you think Planet Side has somebody's running some server, right? For Planet Side One? No, Daybreak's still running Planet Side Two. It's still pretty relevant. They they kept one server open for the longest time and they shut it down for some reason. I don't know why they would do that. Um hmm. well, like original planet side though. Can I just yeah, yeah. Someone... original planet side? Nope, it's dead. It's but gone. somebody's gotta be running some hackery server for that. Right. I think you need so many people for Planet Side to truly live up to its potential. <laughs> I don't know if it Yeah. Oh, uh, there is a PS Forever. There. PS Forever, last updated twenty eighteen. Hmm. PS Forever, which is oh, there it is. PSForever.net, massive multiplayer open source. It's a fan-based, not-for-profit emulated server project based on the original sci-fi MMO MMO FPS. They don't say the name anywhere in here because they don't want to get in trouble. Um, yeah, you, you get it on know GitHub. What we're talking about. Wow. Oh, join the community. There's a Discord. Uh oh, Bo's in now. We're going down a path. We're gonna lose him. He's just gonna play Planet Side all the time. Yep. Professional planet side streamer Bo Schwartz. That's all he does. Yep. I'm in. I, I actually didn't play two at all. And did you did two ever get redeemed in your mind or was two always a bad idea? Uh, I, I put a large chunk of hours into that. Um it was good, but it was too it leaned too much on the Call of Duty style of things versus being um the MMO elements of it. Because it was a nice blend of world and um, a meaningful world where owning terrain mattered, and then a shooter, and it just leaned way too hard on the Call of Duty side, in my opinion. It just didn't. It was. It's good. It's entertaining. It's fun. If you enjoy spawning and then getting killed by out of nowhere because a tank shot you, I've got a game for you. That that that'll serve that. But I don't find that the the nuts and bolts that build it up have the juice, the magic sauce of planet side and planet side we had a guy night train 2020 he just sit in the caves and put up mines and spitfire turrets and that's all he did and if your base was running low 
on NTUs. You got a guy who drove an ant to a warp gate, filled it up, and got some sweet NTUs for that sweet BEP. That's battle experience points. The game was amazing because there's all these like little subsystems that people worked on and did that is not in Planetside 2 whatsoever. And it's it's a damn shame. Oh my gosh, the graphics in one are really bad. Oh. <laughs> they are. It was They'll a long never, time ago. But... They will never be bad to me. That's the thing. When you <laughs> truly love a game, it oh, doesn't matter. It's man. beautiful. It's beautiful. Look, there was something about you, you, you get in the galaxy, you and all your friends, and you're all in this ship, and it goes flying over a tower, and you have it timed out correct where everybody parachutes out of the galaxy. It's you, all your buddies. At the time, it was all people I worked with just flying out of this thing and some of you can land on the top of the tower and some of you land at the base and the enemy's trying to fight you and they're holding the steps and they're not expecting a hacker to have landed up top and hack into the door and work their way down and so they're all on the stairs trying to hold you out and and you just come up behind them and wipe them out and it was so good and then you go camp the spot because that's what you do this is just uh Really? It was great. It was amazing. No, I and, love and it's, Planet yeah, Side. Bo is not wrong on his. I, I completely agree. Life. I it's completely good. agree. Gameplay wise, it was the definition of innovative, like straight up. But I'm looking at it now. This looks like shit. <laughs> this looks like really shitty. <laughs> I mean, I'd play it again. I'd play it right now. But Bo, you know what? Go down that hole, and then maybe one day we'll illegally play some Planet Side. That'd be fun. Not on stream. It is, it is the greatest game of my sorry my number one game of all time of all time wow all right my, uh, my number one you know, it's like in the history of when i'm on my deathbed going back and looking at all the games i played i'll be like this i forged the strongest relationships in terms of not just with players that i play with i think that it was stronger for world of warcraft and heroes but with enemies i had enemies in that game <laughs> <laughs> I had people I didn't like that I'd log on and look for to try and kill. Like a, there was like a whole sort of thing about that game that I just never got from anything else. It's it's hard to hard to describe, I guess. I can see that. But yeah. well, uh, yeah, I had enemies and 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 just like other you were friends with other factions. So one of the things that WoW doesn't have really is like AIE communicating with what's another big guild? I don't know. Um, what's that one that does? world first magnum oh no no that's um, a condom that's a condom um <laughs> yep magnum um, world first in rating what's they're like alliance or something or who knows uh, whoever let's Blood say tribe sure just say that or let's say it's uh well ctr is not world first though wicked kitten they're like <laughs> well who cares whatever so in planet side the way the game functioned is that you would communicate with the other guilds to say, bring your team to this thing because that's what we're doing. Right. So imagine you didn't just raid, but your raid leaders had to talk to other raid leaders to coordinate an attack on Ice Crown Citadel. That It was that level of interaction. So you'd have spies? It's basically spies, right? Like you were... Uh, well, you could spy, but no, it was just more that um, you maybe had 20 people under you and they maybe had 20 people, so that would make 40. So you'd say, you take your team and hit this and I'll go here and hit this. And there's a level of interaction and logistics planning that was just fun that I've never gotten from any other game. Well, I will yeah, say so. this to in WoW's defense, when it was very popular to raid each other's cities, which was a really fun era in the game, I thought, um, there we had spies in our guild that I didn't know about. So on that server, 
we would have people that were deeply embedded in the guild as regular members. They were talking on Greenwall. They were all hanging out just so that when these raids would happen, they would tell their alliance friends on the same server. This is before all the cross-server stuff. Hey, AIE's coming to town. We need to be ready for it. And that would happen a lot. We finally flushed. I can't remember who that guy was. Flushed somebody out. It was kind of great. Like, I love that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. it, it pissed people off, but I was like, no, 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 this is good. This is our own little. Yeah, just a ta- It's like yeah. a little taste of Eve, just a little Eve in our in our. It's, also, it's, it's not fun if you march into Stormwind and just take it easily. You want them to put up a fight. You want to watch their hope get crushed as they assemble the greatest force the Alliance has ever known. And it's just not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. They, and the Rusty Nails makes a point people would like sneak into other people's ventrilo servers and hear what the officers or the GMs or the, the raid leaders were saying. And then they would go back to their people and go, yo, they're coming tonight at eight o'clock. Let's get ready. And you know, whatever. That was pretty cool. Like, um, yeah, let's make it Warcraft based. This is planet side, but in Warcraft, imagine 10,000 players in Kalimdor, 10,000 players in Eastern kingdom. There's no other Kalimdor. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you sound, hold on. You sound like this lady. You sound like this lady. I got a good clip. You want to hear this lady? Hold on. Where is she? Uh, Kalimdor. Here she is. Kalimdor is my favorite. Oh, she's the Katakalism. Hold on, let me try again. Katakalism. what? This is Rachel. Surely you can't be serious. I'm sorry, what? Katakalism. Eventually she says Kalimdor and the Wargen and the Goblins, she talks about. (laughs) (laughs) The Wargen. The Wargen. It's a Wargen story. Um... (laughs) Yeah, anyway, so I was saying, imagine take take Kalimdor and Eastern Kingdoms, put 10,000 uh, Horde and Alliance on each one, ditch the expansion content, and it's only PvP. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine and you that. control whatever towns and bases and whatever you do, and you fight over. And that's all Planetside is, just that. Yeah. Constantly. So the, uh, you know, it's... That sounds great, dude. Like... Yeah. You'll get you'll get no argument from Anyways, me. I, I have fond memories. I could fill like a day, and you know, I had friends who played it too that I knew in real life. And I think we all have that moment in time when we were gaming online heavily with people that we brought in or whatever. So we would go out to dinner with girlfriends, and then we get into talking about <laughs> Planet Side. <laughs> <laughs> for like, the, for like, sorry i'm sure that's who... relevant but the way you included it was very much like a don't judge me we had girlfriends well, I, well, well no no but no no we were with girlfriend. no no i didn't finish telling the story we bring girlfriends oh, i'm sorry I'm and sorry. and and we would start talking about planet side for three hours let's say the entire dinner and everyone the you know our girlfriends wanted to murder us because it it was they're like you're just talking in gobbledygook Mm-hmm. Like we we nearly dodged an orbital strike because we brought the AMS in back of the interlink facility, and luckily we were able to hack it quickly and do a gen drop. And they're like, "Shut up! <laughs> what are you saying? That just sounds like nonsense." That but we had great. our own little language. Oh, it's just I, I, that was a good time, dude. That was a great time, and I'm glad that you had that time because I've I've anyway, got sorry to about... go on and on about it. No, just, like, got N- me. nostalgia, uh, man. You've... You've introduced my new favorite thing, which is to add with girlfriends to any activity I'm describing to. I, I just meant it because to show that it was irritating to them, not because I totally like, get it. It's totally not a had it, just, it just made me laugh. It That's still funny. is. It's like when my wife was pregnant with my second daughter. No, first daughter. Yeah, first. And we're playing Quake at the office. 
and she's so pregnant she can't play a first person shooter it makes her sick because she's so pregnant she's having major morning sickness so she would we would sit there and play quake all night these custom levels and all this capture the flag bull, bullshit and she had to lay on these chairs in the office and just lay there but i would always tell people oh yeah you know playing quake the other night with my wife it was never planned she was laying on the couch ready to give birth well yeah but it's a good story right because you're like so I'm with John. With girlfriends is my new thing. I'm going to attack on every sentence I say. Nice work. Just, yeah. I like Sorry, it. I guess it, it was just our the girlfriends we had at the time didn't play video games or whatever. Sure, it was just, sure, sure. You know, when you're, yeah. I should say, we were with people who didn't understand video game culture. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Um, who we may or may not have been sleeping with. Uh, at this point, I'm going to say it's time. Oh, we should at least mention this. Uh, don't drink bath water from anyone ever. Uh, but more particularly, I guess uh, you can now buy some Gamer Girl bath water from a uh, famous, I guess she's famous. I'd never heard of her before this controversy because she's not really my demographic. likes. She has a lot. <laughs> she has a lot of, uh, of followers. She makes, uh, I did the math. If you look at just her Patreon, she makes, I'll buy her lonesome, 150,000 plus dollars a month just on Patreon. Um, that's just people throwing her money on Patreon. Whoa. Everything else is on top of that Prom- promotions, sp- sponsorship stuff, uh, YouTube things, all the other stuff is just uh, layered on that. But and 150 bath grand water sales and now bathwater sales, but she will sell you. And she's basically trolling her viewers. Like I actually don't, obviously the first reaction is gross. Why would you do this? This is disgusting. But also she does this a lot, uh, and and people spend her money for basically like nail shavings. I don't know if she does any of that, but she's basically an anime girl with the you know the bunny ears all the time and the you know the the diva thing. And she she this is this is where we get into the whole gatekeeper conversation because it's like, listen, bathwater, nothing to do with gamer culture. Get it out, right? And I, then I'm like, well, you, this is how I engage with my fans. I, you're gatekeeping because you're saying gaming's doesn't have anything to do with bathwater. Well, she did something and even I'm funnier. Like, Here's something she did that's even funnier. Two weeks ago, her name is uh, Belle Delphine is her name. She made headlines after posting an Instagram photo where she promised fans she would upload a Pornhub video of herself uh, if the picture got a million likes. Lo and behold, the photo got nearly two million endorsements. Delphine Tech, <clears throat> excuse me, technically honored her agreement, but it's not what they're expecting. In one video titled Belle Delphine Strokes Too Big C-. Sorry, everybody. I'll, re- I'll bleep that out. <laughs> it's going to pay off in a minute. Yeah. She, she means chickens. She I means promise, chickens. Yeah, chickens I promise this will pay off. It says the social media star pets chickens literally for a little under a minute uh, in an upload where she claims <laughs> to get... I like that it's not even a minute of uh, cock petting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She says uh, there's another one where she claims in the video to get, uh, let's call it double P. That's all I'm going to say there. Uh, she sticks two cigarettes <laughs> up her nose. Uh, the clip got the most attention, though, was one that says PewDiePie goes all the way. Belle Delphine. I don't want to read the whole thing. Where the pink-haired troll proceeds to slowly eat a photograph of the biggest YouTuber on Earth. Uh, the PewDiePie video alone, 345,000 views. And because the way Pornhub works now, you can do it kind of like YouTube. You can actually benefit from your views and make money. So she's making money on top of that. I think she might be super smart. I think she might be. Yeah. She might, she's Hell on the yeah. I mean, Hell yeah. What, well, yeah. how are we if, doing? Yeah. If I could, if I could take a bath, take a used water bottle, dip it in the tub before I leave, 
screw on a cap and send it to somebody and make money, I would do that. Well, right. I think I think you can. I think I'm not above <laughs> it. I think I think what I'm what I'm taking away from this is we have an audience and we have a show. We just need one of us to take a picture in a bathtub and then save some of that water. No, we can never do that. And we're gonna call we're gonna call it Gamer Boy Water. <laughs> Gamer Boy Bath Water. I think John. What do you John, think, John? I I'm think, glad you volunteered. No, for this. don't. I can't you were do you were it. very like I do it. I do it. If I can make yeah, money, I do I it. If I can make money off it, sure. Why not? I'm oh here to tell gosh. you that. I'm here to tell you that you, you can. You can just. That's do it. really no inconvenience for my life. Well. Okay, how about this? I could drink a bathtub full of your water. That'll be our slogan. Uh, John will be the poster boy. He'll be sitting there squatting in a tub, holding a little jar full of his water. I mean, we could do uh, all three of it. How about we get a bigger bath, and then we all bathe in the water, and then we sell yeah. it. Yeah. Core, tri- core triple shot. And you know what? Is there, is, are there any natural springs in Utah? Yeah. There are tons of so them. if we ever do get together for a nerd tacular again, we do it and that na- it'll be natural spring bath water. <laughs> We're gonna get sued by that core water company. Yeah. We We're not gonna call it core, it's called gamer boy bath good gamer boy bath water. Yeah. <laughs> good gamer boy. Well, she's pulling down um, millions a year doing this kind of trolling, and uh it's I think very funny. Uh I also yeah, think it's good for good. her. Good for her. It's yeah. also gross. Like yeah. The idea, well, sure. she's going to sell this water, whether it came from her bath or not. See, that's what this is pointing out. It's not pointing out to me that she's weird. Not at all. It tells me that she smartly knows how to benefit from her visibility. What it what it tells me is that her followers are freaking gross. They're gross, dude. They want to sit around and drink her freaking bath water? Are you kidding me? Or we do don't I know that they're not... <laughs> We don't know they're drinking it. I don't know. Yeah, what they're, they're probably doing. gonna they're probably gonna put it on their shelf next to their uh, silica doll that they've made yeah. spent five thousand dollars on. So- Maybe they pour it in their bath and they um yeah. What if they just gargle it? <laughs> That's as far as John's got. Maybe what? they pour it in their bath and uh... Maybe they take a bath with it. I I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they just uh, actually I wanted to look this up because this this uh this cracks me up. There was a show on Netflix, it got canceled. I'm really sad. It was actually very funny. Mm. Uh called the Santa Clarita Diet. I like that and, show. It's uh, funny. I liked it. And the the quote is what did you say she does? She whispers ingredients into a camera. It's a non-sexual fetish thing. It pays her parents' mortgage. And the response is, if it pays her parents' mortgage, it's a sex thing. <laughs> so if there's any mystery as to what's going on with this water, uh, yes, I we, think... Uh, uh, you're, there's no mystery in my mind. By the way, Wicked Kitten, it did get canceled, that show. Sorry. The St. Clair yeah. Clarita diet thing. Uh, it's gone. But they're bringing it's, the Witcher. So, hey. It's so good. And it's the most different Timothy Oliphant role I've ever seen in my life where he plays just this wussy guy. It's so great. It's really good. Um, I don't know what happened there. I thought it was great. It was a little too weird, maybe, for even Netflix standards. People just didn't watch it. I don't know, but I liked it. I think the title was misleading. I didn't realize what it was till season two was coming around. Oh, the whole zombie I thought it was around. actual diet thing. <laughs> maybe yeah bad marketing perhaps maybe they didn't put up on the marquee enough i don't know it didn't do very well but it was all right uh yeah, was good. so let's talk about um oh i wasn't gonna mention real quick no that was it <laughs> that's all i was gonna say about that hey why don't we move on to an email and i remember to play this hold on 
There you go. That's a good question. All right, we got a good question. A couple of them. Well, one anyway. Uh, this came is in the form of a voicemail. 801-471-0462 is the voicemail number to use. This came from a listener. I forgot his name, but that's what uh, I play it for. So you'll just hear it here. Here it is. Uh, I was listening to you guys talking about the E3 Microsoft conference, and I just wanted to clarify that I'm pretty sure that the 499 is the beta price, and the reason is because the 1499 lets you have Xbox and PC combined. Right. I think we knew that, though, didn't we, at this point, about Game Pass? Did right. we know that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That may not be the new, the newest uh, bit of information. But, however, he didn't say his name, so I lied. I don't know what his name was. I'm sure he was a very that nice guy. That caller. That caller. Would you like Do a- you think he was driving when he recorded that I think call? he was, yeah. I think it was in his lap, and he was thinking, in his other hand, he had a, a, a small cup of $30 gamer water, and he was trying to... I, w- I, w- I would like this caller to confirm that he was uh, uh, driving at the time. Okay. There's a pause. There's a way people talk when they're driving, when you can tell their brain has gone into, I need to acknowledge the road or whatever it is I'm doing, where they go, yeah, I'm calling for core. I just want to <laughs> address something... <laughs> Oh my god! That I remember you hearing, and that's like the dead giveaway. They're yep. dri- they're driving, or they're doing something else. Yep. They're not a hundred percent in on this uh, this call. I think you nailed it. Nice job. If you'd like to send your own calls in, it's easy. 801-471-0462. That's 801-471-0462. We'd be happy to play it right here on the show. Uh, you can also email us if you want. Just go to frogpants.com/core. You'll find all the links there, including one to our Patreon. It's a brand new month. Hop in there and get in while it's good. You want a new uh, Dear Martha letter from John? Oh, I got to get one of those from you, by the way. Uh, yeah, I should write it. There's a thing for I'll you. I'll do it. Yeah, there's lots of rad stuff over there. Check it out. Patreon.com slash core show. And big thanks to everybody who already supports us there. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at Scott Johnson. John is at under, no, John underscore Jagger. You can find Bo at my water is only com. Just kidding. It's Bo Schwartz. <laughs> Bo Schwartz. You can find me at Scott Johnson and the show at Core Pod. Yeah, that's right, Core Pod. I don't like the word pod, but there it is. Uh, I think it's going to do it for us. Now, like I said, we're going to stick around. We're going to play some games, a little bit of uh, uh, Rocket League. Been a while. See how that game's going. Check out what's up. And uh, so come see us. Come watch. Come hang out. Stay with us. That's going to do it for us, for me, for John, for Bo. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.